Hey friends, welcome to the Crossroads Youth Ministry Podcast, week number two. Week two, let's go. I'm here with Ray Jett. Hello, it's me. It's good to be back together and so exciting to see so many of you guys sharing the podcast on your stories and uh, it's been fun. I think we're in the Apple podcast machine, the Spotify podcast machine. Yeah, we've got them all basically. I think so. I don't know. We don't entirely know what we're doing, but we're doing our best. Let us know if we're missing some kind of platform because we're not super hip all the time. That's right. That's right. Hey, and we're trying not to just ramble. As fun as it is to just be in this room talking together and talking to you, we're try- trying to make sure this is worth your time. So, hey, the goal of this is just to recap the talk from this week. So if you missed it, and even if you didn't miss it, if you just want to revisit it, we're here to talk about it a little bit, share some more information, and then play it and recap at the end. So make sure you stay tuned to the end of the talk. Uh, even if you heard it already, always good to listen again. Uh, and we would love to kind of break it down with you. So Ray spoke this Sunday night at Crossroads, and she spoke on the second piece of our stories or of our story series. Uh, I talked about the setup, and Ray talked about the conflict last night, and she did an awesome job. Uh, what? Thanks. Give us a little picture. What, what, what were you talking about? Yeah, so I talked about the conflict of the Bible and how that happens within the third chapter of the Bible. I actually looked up on Google how many chapters were in the Bible, and it's 1,186, I think. And so we honestly screw it up in chapter three, which I just think is kind of funny. Um, But I was talking about how when Adam and Eve were created, that they were in this perfect relationship with God, which Spencer set up last week, and how um, Eve kind of was deceived by the serpent to think that she was missing out, to think that God was holding out on her, and how because of that, she chose something other than God, and that kind of set the course for the rest of history that we walked away from God. We chose something other than God. And now we have to live with those consequences even today. And there is nothing that we could do on our own to repair this relationship that we walked away from. And so I just kind of talked about that and talked about, um, I told this story about when I was little, uh, I hid with my neighbor Kayla and we were really terrified to come out. We thought that we had hid too long. It was a long story. You can listen later on in the talk. But um, basically, when we came out of being in hiding, we had thought that we waited too long. We thought that we uh, were going to be in such deep trouble. And we came out and our parents showed us love and grace and mercy and just how that relates and is such a picture of the way that God treats us and the way that he set up this redemption plan after we messed it all up. Yeah, that's right on. And that story was just a perfect illustration of what God uh, has done for us that uh, we've turned away from him and hid from him, but he just desperately wants us to come back out and be found by him. And I think that's yeah. that's such a, yeah, that was such a, a perfect story. I have a story like that. No when, way. When I was a kid, it wasn't me that did the hiding, but Hunter Stoy, uh, <laughs> who was my, my neighbor back a, a yard away. And I remember Hunter and it was high, they were playing hide and seek and Hunter hid really, really well. Super well. (laughs) (laughs) I remember all the moms of the neighborhood on a hunter search, and I can't remember if the borough police showed up or not to find him. Yeah, wow. (laughs) But he was well hidden, and he was committed to it, and they did find him eventually. (laughs) But it reminded me of that story when you were telling your story, and yeah, that's a that's a great picture of the way that God has loved us and and is is chasing after us. Pretty cool. Well, hey, uh, as you hear this this talk, you know one of the things that it makes me wonder, and I wonder what you think about this, Ray. if we, if out of a thousand or so chapters, if it only took three for us to mess it up, the first two human beings on planet earth messed it up. Why? I mean, wouldn't God know that, that that was going to happen? 
So if God was aware that we were going to mess it up so big and so right away, mm. why? Why did God create us? Do you have any sense of that? That's a hard That's question. That's a really hard and big question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can give my thoughts on that. I can't say that they're correct or not. But yeah, well, let's revisit it after we listen to yeah. your talk because I think that's the question that comes to mind as we hear that. That really is the conflict in a way. The conflict is partially, you know, we're the separation from God, but the conflict is also, okay, so if God's perfect and knows everything, why would he create a system that seems on the surface so flawed? Yeah. That we could mess it up so immediately, right? That's very true. I think that's a question a lot of us could be asking when we're trying to consider whether we want to do the Jesus thing or not. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about. So stick around for the end of this talk where Spencer and I will do our best at answering what that question is. So that's here right. is the talk from last week. Yep. Here's Ray Jet. All right. So guys, one, welcome back. It just feels good to be back at Crossroads. Does it not? Like, it feels good to be in the gym and playing games and being worship, worshiping together. It just feels awesome to be together. And for those of you guys who are joining us on the stream tonight, we miss you. We can't wait to see you, but we are so glad that you're tuning in tonight. Um, so last week, if you weren't here, Spencer has kind of set up this story for us. So that's kind of the series that we're doing right now. We're doing a series called Stories, where for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to be taking a big zoom out and looking at the Bible. We're going to be talking about the setup, which is what Spencer talked about last week, the conflict, and then the resolution. So I'm talking about the conflict tonight, and then next week, Spencer is going to talk about the resolution. So you're going to want to be around for that one too, so we hope to see you next week as well. But I'm going to talk about the conflict, and um, but first, I'll recap the setup in case you guys weren't here, or in case you just want to remember it. So he was talking about how the very very first two chapters of the Bible are when God creates the world, the universe. He creates the first humans, Adam and Eve, and he says that they are good. And everything was perfect. The world was perfect. They were perfect. They were in perfect relationship with God. They were walking around the garden with him. And everything was perfect. But that is not what happens. And so tonight, we're going to talk about the conflict. And before we dive into that, I am just going to tell a quick story about when I was younger. I grew up, I was an only child, but I lived beside a girl who also was an only child. And so if you're an only child, you know the rules are if you live close to another only child, they're automatically your sibling, kind of. So she was my little sister, and she was two years younger than me. And I have a picture of us somewhere. Cheyenne, you want to throw that up? That was us right there. So that's Kayla on the, your right, my left. No, I don't know. Anyways, that's Kayla. You can probably tell which one is me. And she was two years younger than me. And so our houses were really close. We shared this yard in the middle. And when, one day we were all playing outside. It was so fun. We used to like hit each other with sticks and run away in the woods classic things that you do as little girls, right? So I decided, like, Kayla, we should have a sleepover tonight. It'll be so fun. And she was like, yes, because I was older, and she said yes to everything I wanted to do. It was awesome. And so I was like, we should have a sleepover. So our parents were on the back patio, and we ran up to them, and I was like, Mom, can I please have a sleepover with Kayla tonight? And my mom said no, and I was fully expecting her to say yes. But she was like, I'm pretty sure you have a game in the morning. I think that was the reason. I don't know. I think I had a softball game or a basketball game or something. 
And she said, no. And so I thought my mom was totally holding out on me and, and limiting the fun that I could have by saying no to this sleepover. So I said, fine, probably pouted about it. And then Kayla and I went to play. And then I had the genius idea, hey Kayla, what if we just hid and our parents couldn't find us and it ended up just being a sleepover? Doesn't matter that they said no, we'll just hide. And so that's what happened. We hid, we ran into the house, we hid behind her mom's work desk, which had a bunch of boxes. So we were able to kind of burrow ourselves in. And so about an hour had passed and we were like, hee hee, this is really fun, like so fun. And Kayla was like, maybe we should go out. And I was like, no, this is fun, like let's stay. So about that time our parents started realizing we had not come back from what we were doing. So they started yelling for us. They were like, Ray, Kayla, come out. And we didn't budge. We just kind of sank further and further back. And so two hours passed and they were still yelling for us. And then about three hours passed and they were still yelling for us. But at this point, panic had set into their voices and they thought that we were legit missing. And so they called their friends that were cops. So they showed up and there was all of this yelling of our names. And Kayla was like, Ray, I really think maybe we should, we should like give ourselves up. And I was like, Kayla, it's, it, we took this too far. All we can do now is hide more. So we just kept hiding. <laughs> and I'm going to pick back up in that story. But th this is where I kind of want to start talking about the conflict of the Bible tonight. And so I'm going to read Genesis 3 to us. And it's kind of long, so bear with me. But after that, I'm going to loop back around and talk about a couple of points that I want to make in that. So also, I just want to show you guys this is what Spencer talked about yesterday, or not yesterday, last Sunday, this page right here. This is how long it took for us to mess it all up, one page. <laughs> so we've got Genesis 3. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You certainly will not die, said the serpent to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for, good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, "'Where are you?' He answered, "'I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid.'" And when he said, oh, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. 
You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe, very painful labor. You will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate food from the tree, you from the tree which I commanded you, you must not eat from. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since it is where you were taken. From, from dust you are, and dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve and clothed them. And the Lord said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and live forever. So the Lord banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed, he placed a cherubim and the flaming sword flashing back and forth to the guard, to guard the way of the tree of life. So that was kind of long, so I want to break that into sections. So the very first thing we see is Eve, and she is in the garden. And I'm sure that it is immaculate. There are all of these things around, all of these choices and options of food, but there's this one tree in the middle that God has commanded her not to eat from. And so that's when we see the serpent show up, the devil, the deceiving and conniving devil show up and say, hey, but what did God say? He said you would die? Nah, you're not going to die. Like, you're just going to be like him, and he doesn't want you to be like him. The devil is deceiving, and he starts to make Eve feel like she is missing out. She's, he starts to make Eve feel like God is withholding something from her, that he is allowing Eve to have a lesser of a life because she can't eat from this tree. Do any of you guys have FOMO? Yeah, I have serious FOMO. Like, I really, really don't like yoga at all. Like, I respect people who do yoga. Good for you. But I really don't like it. I recently learned all of my friends go do yoga on Tuesday nights, and I'm starting to think maybe I should just go do yoga because they're all there. And I don't want to miss out. Like, they could be having fun without me, and I want to be there, even though I hate yoga. So I just have, I have this FOMO. I have a lot. And this is the original FOMO. Eve believes that she is missing out on a better life and that is what the devil has convinced her of so first we see that the devil is deceiving and that Eve makes this choice to eat the apple or it's not an apple or maybe it is I don't know I think we've we've in our brains thought that it's an apple but it never really says that in the Bible anywhere so maybe it was a pear or something and we choose we choose something over God in this moment so Eve has the choice the whole time in the garden to choose God and to be in this perfect relationship which, we was, which she was created for. But by choosing to eat the food that God told her not to, she now has chosen something over God, and that is irreversible. That cannot be undone. And because of this, the world is now broken. That perfect relationship has been that was put together is now taken, and it is broken. And so... 
I love what happens next. It's she, she gives some fruit to her husband, and they both eat it, and then it says that they realize they were naked, and so they hide. And so as they're hiding, like Kayla and I, like we were hiding, God comes and he says, where are you? And I don't think that he's asking that in the sense of like Kayla and I's parents were like, where are you? Because they didn't know where we were genuinely. God knows everything. He knew where they were. But I love it here because I think this is God giving them a choice. He's never going to force you to come out of your sin. He's never going to force you to love him or to follow him or to choose him. That is love. If you're forced to love something, then that's not really love. So he gives them the choice. He gives them the choice to step out in the sin that they just did. And so what they do is they come out and they say, hey, we did this. And so then God goes on to, to curse the serpent and to, to punish Adam and Eve and to tell them that they basically messed everything up for the whole rest of the world. Because of that today, like that is why we have war. That is why there are broken friendships, broken relationships, broken um, marriages. That is why there is sin in the world because of this original sin. And so what I, what I love here, though, is after that, we start to see the first glimpse of, um, of God's redemption. And, and that's what Spencer is going to talk about next week. He's going to talk about kind of um, the, how, how God fixes it. Because as God is telling them that they really messed up, he's saying there is absolutely nothing that Adam and Eve or anybody else to ever come after them could do to fix this relationship. There's absolutely nothing that any of us can do. And if you're an achiever, that's something that probably really gets under your skin because you think, I, if I just do a little bit better, I'll get into heaven. If I just do this, then blah, blah, blah. If I just get a better grade on this, then I'll get into this college. If you're an achiever, this is probably a statement that bothers you, that you can't do anything to fix this broken relationship with God. But thank goodness that is not the end of the story. Spencer is going to talk about that next week. But what I love here is right as he is cursing the devil and as he is talking about the punishment for Adam and Eve, he is he is like making this clothing for them. And I feel like that is just such a picture as they are punishing, as as they are being punished, God recognizes their emotions. He recognizes how they feel. He knew that they were embarrassed and they felt shame and that they were hiding for a reason. And he makes these clothes for them. And so in the story of Kayla and I hiding, we finally get sniffed out by this dog, and this dog starts barking, and we have no choice than to come out. And I promise you, I thought I was all but dead. Like, I would have rather died than face my parents in that moment, because I knew I was in so much trouble. But what happened was when I came out, there was a bunch of yelling, and I'm sure that they were really mad, but what they did was they gave us the biggest hugs, and all they said was, I love you, I'm so glad that you're okay, I love you. And that doesn't mean I didn't get punished, I got grounded for like two months after that. But that is such a picture, I think, of the way God loves us. We, we, are, we get punished for our sins, but in the most loving and genuine way. In God's great mercy and love and grace, we get the choice to follow him. We get the choice to step out. And so as Spencer talks next week, I hope you really get to hear um, the resolution of this story, that you have a choice that although we can't do anything on our own to fix this broken 
relationship with God, we have the choice to turn towards Jesus. And that is what Spencer is going to talk about next week. So my hope is that you'll come back, uh, that you'll hear the rest of the story. If you have questions about that story before next week and you want to know, please reach out to me, reach out to Spencer, reach out to any adult leader here. Uh, We would love to talk to you about it. But I'm going to pray for us. And then I think we're going to stand up and worship and sing one more song. Lord, thank you that we are sinners, but that, God, the story doesn't end with the conflict, that you are a God of healing, you are a God of love and mercy and justice and forgiveness. And God, I just pray that um, as we go throughout this week, that we would start to process what it means that we can't do anything to earn you, to earn your love, to to earn your forgiveness, but yet you give it in just... in in abundance, that you give it in a way we will never understand. And so, God, I thank you that you loved us. I thank you that you loved us enough to send Jesus down. And I just pray that as we go throughout this week, we will start to think about what it looks like to to live a life worthy of you. And God, I pray that you would help us to do that because we can't do that on our own. Thank you for everybody here. Pray that you bless us this week as we go out. Pray that we would um, share your love and your light with the people around us. We pray all of this in your powerful name amen oh man what an encouraging word from ray thanks so much for sharing that last night i yeah. know it's it's uh, it's been a while since we've all been together and you and yeah, have I you speaking it, it was since october since i think i've spoke in front of people so that's right well you didn't show you did an awesome job awesome thanks and again i that story was such a perfect example of of uh the way that god loves us so back to that question that we posed at the very beginning right before we played the talk was you know why would god have created set things up the way he did if he knew we were going to mess up. He's, he's all-knowing, a perfect God. He knew we were going to screw it up. So why did he create us and put us in a garden? And why did he put that tree in there in the first place? What's your take on that? Yeah, so I think the, the first thing I like to remember when kind of thinking about this question is in Romans 8 when it talks about how God's ways and thoughts are higher than our own. And we're never going to understand God fully. And I think that is awesome. I don't want to follow a God I could understand fully. Hmm. Um, and so I think that I, I like to remember it in that context, but in, I think more of a real sense, we are given the choice of free will. We are, we are given the choice, whether we want to follow God and love God. And if that tree was never in the garden, there would have never been a choice for us to make. We would have just forcefully and blindly known God and and been in perfect relationship with him but yeah. I, I don't really think that that's loving and that's not yeah, it goes back to that love thing yeah, like you were talking about it's not a thing of a loving God to force us into loving him back and right. so I think that's kind of the whole the whole premise of the gospel is that we have a choice we we get to choose yeah I think that's yeah I, I read on the money um and I think that God is passionate about his own glory and I, I know that's a confusing yeah. thing for us to hear because if we're to be passionate about making ourselves known and ourselves glorify that that's wrong right we're we're called to humility we're called right. to put god first and above but god is worthy of that and so what an incredible way to 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 demonstrate your power to demonstrate your ability then to to create a situation where real love can can happen you know where there's a choice uh, people people must choose in order for love to be real right. and so god created uh, he allowed that choice he's not a dictator he allowed that choice, um, but he also is going to come about showing or is is about showing his power and his ability to to fix it. And and that's the story that we're living in right now. We're in the in between 
God's going to send his son back to judge the living and the dead, as we know. And there will be a time when, when there's a judgment. But for now, we're in the in-between, and, and we have the opportunity to choose whether we love God and pursue God or, or whether we turn away from him and, and follow after the things of the world. And so I think you hit it right on the money. I think love isn't real if it's forced, and God, right. uh, God's for real. You know, and, and I think that that this story is, is such a, you know, if you want somebody to learn something, you tell them a story, right? right. And the story of the way that God is redeeming us and saving us uh, is incredibly compelling because right. it's true. Yeah. And I, I think it's important too to, to recognize that this would not be the desire of God that Eve chose the tree, but we, there, as real and as good as God is, there's an equally an opposite evil one who is working and who is deceitful and and so like you said and like i had mentioned like the choice is ours and god's not a dictator and he's gonna allow us the opportunity to choose yeah that's right that's right and you know i think one of the cool things about being able to have a podcast together and share this is that you know this is something that that ray and i can have a conversation in private about but really we're, we're doing the work of thinking this through together uh, and not claiming that we have all the correct answers right. and not claiming that we're telling you, uh, you know, what, the, what all theologians would say, but um, that we're puzzling out the things of God together. And that's something we'd encourage you to do. What are the big questions that you have about your faith? What are those unanswered doubts that you're struggling with? Um, and, and maybe as we go through this series, some questions emerge for you that you just honestly don't have an answer to and that we haven't done a good job of answering for you. Yeah. And man, we'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah. If you seriously, we, as Spencer and I are having this conversation, this is what we want to be doing with you guys too. And so call us, text us, take us or make us go to coffee, make us pay for a meal for you. We'd love to do that. We would love to do that. We would love to be talking through these things with you and, and know that it's not us just knowing all the answers. It's a conversation where we want to bounce back and forth with you and, and figure it out kind of. Yeah, that's exactly right. And an awesome segue to talking about some exciting news that we have. We're going to get to be traveling with you this spring. Um, So we've got some retreats lined up. Our high school folks, we're going to take you to the Kalahari in Sandusky, Ohio. Revisiting a water park, the glory days of junior high. That's right. Yeah, many of you have not been with Crossroads to a water park since you were in junior high. So it's time to go back. It's going to be fun. And then junior high kids, our plan is a water park again with you, but uh, we're looking at a water park in, in Virginia. And so we had a potential place to sleep uh, lined up, but but weren't able to, to make that work. So we're looking for another option for lodging, but we're hoping to take you guys down to Massanutten in Virginia and check out the water park and some sweet hikes in the Shenandoah National Park. And hey, my home. Ray's hometown. <laughs> yeah, so we'd love to do that. Anyway, I hope that you uh, have a chance to get signed up. We're going to be listing those dates and all that information on our social media and on our website. Uh, And next Sunday night, we'll have all the signups open for those and uh, hope to fill those babies quick. Yeah. Another thing is if you ordered a NASA t-shirt last year, we still have those. So bring your $20 um, and pick up your shirt. That's right. Well, hey, we can't wait to see you next week at Crossroads. Uh, Hope that uh, you'll be with us because we're going to be restarting our small groups this coming Sunday. So this Sunday is 630 to 830 just like it was in the fall. We can't wait to see you. Know that we're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.